Hello, and welcome to another episode of Seattle to Unknown. I'm Sarah. I am Melinda. And welcome to 2020 second full episode. Yep. Our second episode of the new year, which is no longer new. It's a very old year already. Yeah, it's it's getting a little dog-eared in the corners. Mm-hmm. But Baby New okay. Year's already got, like, a six-pack-a-day habit and a drinking problem. Whoa. <laughs> that escalated quickly. <laughs> well, so Slow down, Baby New Year. Slow down. You gotta learn to walk before you can guzzle. Come on. I don't think Baby New Year would learn how to walk yet. It's been, like, 20-something days. <laughs> It feels like so much longer. Yes, it kind of does. Speaking about guzzling, what's your cocktail this week? My cocktail is another gift from my parents from their cruise last year. Uh, I have got some coffee liqueur from Costa Rica. I wasn't even aware my parents went to Costa Rica. Time out. I have a question. Did they just get you a whole bunch of alcohol as presents from their trip? Uh Uh-huh. Do they think you have a problem, baby New Year? Are you baby New Year? I mean, is this how you're like trying to tell me that you need help? Shh. Stop blowing my cover. You don't have to drink it. That's not. Oh, is it a little strong? It it smells like coffee. She's waving it around like it's smelling salts. And now she's guzzling. Yep. Full on head tilt. Oh, it burns. Well, there's alcohol in it. It tastes good. Like it just tastes sort of like Bailey's, but without the cream. But it's a little um, burny. It is. This one I can read. It says Cafe Rica coffee liqueur made in Costa Rica. Although I swear they didn't go to Costa Rica, so I'm confused. Well, apparently they have secrets that they keep from you still. Yeah, that checks out. One second. Did you guys go to Costa Rica on your cruise? Update on that later. What's your cocktail? Uh, I have a smoothie because I'm trying so hard not to get a full-blown cold. Doing everything I can to fight that. Good luck with that. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> Sick episode or sidekick episode might be coming, uh, coming soon. So if we do a sidekick episode when one of us is sick does that make it a sick a kick sure if you want <laughs> i really want it to be a sick if you want it to be a sick a kick it can be <laughs> yeah january seems to be rough for like the cold season for us yeah just as long as you don't have the coronavirus as far as i know i don't i don't feel like i'm dying Shouldn't it be like the norovirus where everything's just exploding out of ends? Also, it seems to disproportionately affect older, unhealthy men. So I think you're probably fine unless you've got secrets I don't know. I'm baby New Year. You're whatever the end of the Father time? I don't know. Father time. (laughs) (laughs) That's the one. Yeah, I'm not. So think of good. But I think there was a case of that in Washington State. Yeah, they found one case. Yeah, so um, I'm just going to cough on people to get them to leave me alone now, I think. Oh, good. That seems healthy. Yeah. And responsible. It's going to freak them out. They're going to leave <laughs> me alone. It's going to be great. This is my new defense tactic. If you're close enough for me to like get spittle on you from coughing, you're too close. Um, What's your weekly update? Uh... My update is that my knee was just really itchy right then. That's a Uh, terrible update. update. I know. You're sick. I've got an itchy knee. Man, we are just falling apart. And moving on. Let's get to that news. (laughs) No, my update is that, ooh, I discovered a new show. God, that sounds very Columbus-y. I started watching a new show called Taskmaster. And if you're 
British, you've heard of this and I sound like an idiot. It's been around for a few years now, but basically it's a comedian giving five other comedians ridiculous tasks to perform and then scoring them based on their success. Like they'll put out a large red carpet and in the middle of it, they put an easel and the task is without touching the carpet, paint a portrait and most of them get, oh, I can roll the carpet up and get closer to the easel to paint this so long as I don't touch it. So I'll just use a paintbrush to roll it up. And then there's a few people who are like, oh, I can't touch it. I know. I'll duct tape a paintbrush to the end of a curtain rod and paint from there. Hmm. And you go, you go, oh, honey, you're cute, but dumb. So there's always like some way to do the task, like loopholes to make it work. And yet half of them can never come up with it. And it's so funny. It's so entertaining. Like if you want to see British comedians do silly things on camera, it's a show for you. Huh. Interesting. So, that doesn't sound that's too my bad. Update. I watched several seasons of it and uh, thoroughly enjoyed every moment of it. We need to get and you now- a bit more of a life. <laughs> You watched now, how many seasons in like a week span? But it's like British seasons, so they're significantly shorter. I think the first season's five episodes. But how many seasons did you get through still? Four. That's a lot of episodes. It's been like two or three weeks, though. Okay, okay, there we go. Context. But if you need a good jumping off point, the season with Neil, um, Noel Fielding is clearly the best so far. So that's my update. It's not very exciting. And I know Taskmaster is going to see a sudden burst in the ratings because they've gotten my approval. Oh, okay. (laughs) So I will take that check later. Whenever you like Taskmaster, just send me the check. I'm so judging right now. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, My weekly update is I have this like bit of a cold. It's not a full blown cold. It's just a smidgen and it still sucks, but there's no snowmageddon. So that's cool. Sweet. Next week, you'll have to update us to see if you've been arrested for coughing and sneezing on strangers. I'm not sneezing. I'm just going to cough on them. Whether I'm sick or not, I'm just going to cough on people. Get them to back away. Coughing's just a misdemeanor. Sneezing's a felony. All right. So (laughs) uh, what's our news story this week? News story is kind of something that we've talked about before in past episodes it's about how sustainable tourism is taking center stage in 2020 which is the article headline yeah so apparently a lot of (sighs) travel companies i guess have figured out that this is a big deal to a lot of people that are traveling that they're trying to be less impactful on the environment and their carbon footprint and whatnot. So there's been a lot of companies that are jumping in on that and trying to figure out ways that they can help people travel, but also do good in the world environmentally. Mm -hmm. And they list like a bunch of different um, like tour options that you have from different companies. Um, There is the World Wildlife Fund that has created for July the Zero Waste Adventure, which will consolidate the waste from the trip into a compact container, which will virtually eliminate the need to send it to a landfill or an incinerator. What do you do with the container, though? I'm not quite sure. You build a house with it. I have no idea. But, I mean, a compact container for all the waste from this adventure, that's kind of cool, you know? Mm -hmm. There is... Oh, where's the Canadian one? There was a Canadian one that sounded really cool. And I'm like, I want to go do this. Is that Canadian adventure quitting your job as royalty and then moving to Vancouver? Because that is quite the adventure. No, but that is an adventure. Uh, Canada is offering local food experience through its Taste of Place, where it's going to capitalize on goods from fishermen, farmers, and chefs, which that's 
something I would do. Mm-hmm. Tell me all the good food places. Ooh, one of my favorite names is Saddle Skedaddle. <laughs> Can you guess what they're about? Uh, horseback riding and wrangling cattle. Not quite that saddle. It's bicycling. Right. It's cycling. Ooh, thank you. <laughs> but they have introduced 73 e-bike vacations to introduce a low-carbon vacation option to travelers who are not avid cyclers but are interested in, you know, bicycle adventures. I just really like their name. Um, yeah, but there's a bunch of different other, like, travel companies in different countries that are trying to figure out a way to be less impactful on the environment and everything and still get people out and enjoying the place that they're trying to experience in a more immersive Mm -hmm. and authentic i guess so i don't know i thought that was pretty cool that it's becoming a big topic now in the travel scene i agree i mean if i have the option between a standard tour package and one that is going to offset itself i'm probably going to be inclined to look into the greener option yeah or there's um there is climate change and the wild world programs where there's carbon credits that'll fund projects such as wind farms or fuel efficient cook stoves in certain locations too Mm -hmm. so you know it's it's putting in towards something that's going to help everybody in the world too not just like your current vacation it's you're getting carbon credits to help other people yeah and it's giving something back to the community you're visiting yeah which is really cool I'm I'm glad that this is becoming more of a subject to people because, I mean, we can't expect the earth to last forever for us if we're just going to be really wasteful and damaging to it. Yeah. But seriously, can we do the saddle skedaddle? Uh, I think that's something for you and the boyfriend <laughs> or the sister, but not the friend who falls off of bikes. This is why I want to do this with you. <laughs> Come on, Sarah. It's like riding a bike. Uh, yeah. Did you know that you can forget how to ride a bike? Because you can. I think you can if you're never good at it to begin with, like you. Ding, 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 ding. (laughs) (laughs) But that name, I love it so much. I saw that and I'm like, yes. (laughs) It's so good. But yeah, so right on, right on, right on. Yeah, and I think a lot of people who want to do something good while traveling think that that means they have to volunteer. And I think... A very good rule to live by is that if they wouldn't pay for you to pay you to do that role at home, you volunteering to do it somewhere else is not helpful or not as helpful as it could be. You know, when people are like, I went to such and such to build a house. I'm like, do you know how to build a house? <laughs> I mean, you got to have some good supervision. Like you and I just can't pop over somewhere and attempt to build a house because that's going to be stupid and not safe but if you're with like a tried and true organization with a lot of supervision then i think it could be okay or like people who go abroad to volunteer with children like does this program do a background check on you do you have any training to work with children do you know something about this program so i think the people who do these things do it with good intent. They want to do something helpful and useful. But the best way we can give back to a community is to put money into it. Yes, but it's also going to depend on the organization that you're going exactly. through. Some do more good than others. Some are more about getting their people paid Making versus you feel like helping good. the people. Yeah, so just do your research if you're going to go that route too. So if you are a person who wants to do something good, these greener programs that put money back into the community might be a better route than 
doing a job you were not trained to do somewhere else. Sarah, don't go build houses. No one would ask me to. No, God, no. (laughs) I mean, yay. (laughs) So anyway, that brings us to our subject for this episode, and that is passport privilege. In other words, the ease with which you can travel elsewhere on the passport you have. So in this episode, we're going to reference a lot of information that comes from passportindex.org. It's a website that ranks passports based on the mobility afforded to you by owning that passport. Um, So it's in terms of countries you can travel to visa-free, countries you can travel to with either just a visa upon arrival or an e-visa, versus countries you need a prearranged visa for. And so you can use this website to compare passports to see what countries can this one get you into versus this one. Or um, it also lets you calculate if I have this passport and this passport, because you were a citizen of both, not because you stole one, but also probably because you stole one. You have to be a dual citizen. You can't just like, I'm going to get a passport for this place to make life easy. (laughs) I got this one off eBay. There has to be some rhyme and reason why the government issues you that other passport. Yeah. So for instance, if I have a US passport and I become a German dual citizen, how many more countries can I get to without a visa? Shockingly, only three more. Really? Yeah, just three. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, I thought that was fascinating. Yeah. Huh. Um, because I can't remember what all of them are. I think one was Venezuela, one was Iran, and I don't remember what the third was. The Hanging Gardens of Babylon? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Right. And the moon with Steve. Oh, Steve. <laughs> you guys, go watch Eddie as you're dressed to kill. Then you'll understand our nonsense. Yeah, truly, like... A third of all references we make are to Eddie Izzard. And now that he's got this Sarah, like, stamp of approval, he's going to get so famous. I can't wait to get that thank you note. I can't wait for his <laughs> Sarah to be spelt wrong. <laughs> Dear oh. Sarah, without an H, I heard that you liked me and talked about me on your podcast. Thank you. Hugs and butterfly kisses. Really quick aside, I went to Starbucks this weekend and they spelled my name right. And then the guy calling out the names was like, Saran, Saran. <laughs> Damn it. Seriously? Okay. Next time, tell them your name is Chuckanut and then watch them try and say that. <laughs> Ch- Chuckanut? Anyway. Table for Chuckanut for two? <laughs> You're like, nah, that's a fake name. So, yeah. If you have any questions about where does your passport get you in, what, like, anything about visas, how they work, how passports work, all that kind of stuff, it's a really, really comprehensive guide to whatever questions you might have. So check it out. But if you have some current questions, would you like some quick facts about passport rankings? Yes, give me more. That sounded really creepy. Please just continue and pretend I didn't say that. I have to go now. (laughs) I feel uncomfortable. Me too. You did it. Uh, Currently, the most powerful passport is the United Arab Emirates, which can get you into 118 countries without visas. How cool is that? Uh, 61 with visas upon entry and 19 requiring visas, aka you have to plan ahead for 19 countries. Only 19. That's such a small number. 61 you can apply for when you get there, which is a lot easier. Yeah, that's like having a velvet rope wherever you go. That is so simple. Did you see that one coming? I think this is a recent change. I think it was Japan up until fairly recently. Yeah, I'm going to guess that this 
there's a lot of flex throughout the year on who's who's where. Um, but for second place, it's actually a four-way tie for Germany, Finland, Luxembourg, and Spain, which all of those will allow you into more countries visa-free, but fewer countries with a visa on arrival. But that's not too bad of a trade-off. No. I mean, you get more visa-free. What's there to complain about? It's just less total. Yeah, yeah. And then in third, uh, it's a nine-way tie. <laughs> Holy crap. Uh, with the U.S., that's one of us. We're, we're in this nine-way tie, tie where we can, with the U.S. passport can get you into 118 visa-free countries, 53 visas upon arrivals, and 27 countries requiring a visa, which isn't too bad. Yeah, it's a really tight cluster at the top of countries that have a great deal of passport privilege, and then it just kind of sprawls out from there. But again, I'm going to guess the U.S. probably fluctuates in its ranking depending on who mm-hmm. they pissed off. Yep. The more we pissed people off, the lower we drop. Yeah. So, I mean, if you're in any of those countries that we've just talked about with those passports, that's kind of awesome. The ability of where you can go, pretty cool. Be grateful. Yeah. When you travel so easily and with so few visas, it's easy to lose sight of how difficult it can be for other people like oh yeah of course i can go there and everyone else in the world goes shut up (laughs) like they literally cannot um the least powerful passports syria is one of them and they require visas in 158 countries ouch iraq requires visas for 161 and afghanistan with required visas in 163 countries you guys Think about that. Everything just got harder for anybody that's living in those three countries to go anywhere. Yeah, and the list there, even though there's like a tight cluster of a bunch of countries at the top end of the power rankings, there's so many at the bottom who get in so few places without jumping through hoops. Yes, it's it's definitely the haves and have nots with only a little gray area. Mm -hmm. So just kind of think about that. That's kind of nuts. Mm-hmm. That's that's the world that we've created and live in. And that is not going to get easier if the proposed additional travel ban countries are put in place for the U.S. Because mm-hmm. those countries won't even be visa required. They will be no, no entry. entry whatsoever. Yeah, which the U.S. have kind of... Oh, wait, is that so... We, we've recently been able to go to Cuba again? It's been revoked. Okay, that was just a brief window of that, huh? Yeah, so the loophole that previously let us go to Cuba, and it's not Cuba banning us. Cuba doesn't care if we go. It's the U.S. government banning us from going. Yes. But um, so there was a people-to-people exchange mission loophole for a few years, and he rescinded that right. So you can't go on grounds of, like, exchange, cultural exchange, I mean. Not like giving people for people. (laughs) That sounds like a hostage situation. Yes, it does. Yes. So thank you for clarifying that. Yeah. So again, a lot of a lot is probably going to change on these rankings and where you can and cannot go with or without visas or freely. So keep that in mind. Like Mm -hmm. bookmark this website so you can check before you go on your next adventure to make sure that you have all your ducks in a row. But on the flip side of the slightly depressingness of that, there are 22 countries, mostly in Africa and the Pacific, that tied for number one for being the most welcoming. So they will let in most people from whatever country without a visa uh, with an e-visa or a visa upon arrival. So there's 22 countries you can go to that everybody should be able to go to. Yeah, they 
basically have an open door policy. You want to come here? We want you to come here. Please come here and spend some money. Yeah, help our economy. Which makes sense. These are mostly countries that are not huge. And so people aren't coming there to sneak in and stay. They want... <laughs> they, they will literally find you by turning around. <laughs> hey, stranger. We don't know you. It makes sense. Like, open your doors and let people in. It's It's going to help your economy do you want to know who's least welcoming i mean besides us <laughs> uh we're like 77th out of 92 wait is that like we don't want people or like we're fairly welcoming we don't want people we don't want people huh which is kind of stupid because that's like what america's made out of <laughs> immigrants yeah. literally built off of immigrants Good but job, no, US. please don't come here. Yeah, that's a little messed up. Um, shockingly, North Korea is one of the least inviting countries. I never would have guessed. Right? North Korea doesn't let people in. North Korea, no visitors. I mean, they let visitors. You just have to have very extreme visas. And you probably have to be holding the right passport, too. Yeah, and I think part of the process for getting a North Korea visa involves a strip search. I I heard something about someone who got one. Don't quote me on that. But I know, like, they do search through your bags and all of that before you're allowed in. Yeah. But when you're in a closed regime they don't want you bringing in anything that isn't lawful there and what what they define as unlawful is much wider than most places yeah so just in case you didn't didn't know that one i feel like that should be a given but you know you never know yeah i actually i knew someone who really desperately wanted to go to north korea a couple years ago and we had to have a come to Jesus talk about why that was probably not a good idea. Yeah. Unfortunately, that's where we are in this day and age. Yeah, it's not that North Korea is not probably a super fascinating and beautiful place. It's just not a safe place to be. And by giving them money, you're further supporting like all the wrong reasons. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Which is kind of unfortunate because I feel like there's probably a lot that we're missing, you know, Mm -hmm. about the country and everything just because of how closed off and how strict it is. Sorry, guys. So long as North Korea is as it currently is set up, it's not going to be on my list yeah 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 i don't want to be strip searched or arrested or put in a labor camp or any number of horrendous things yeah just because you sneezed wrong but if they ever were to come out with super super lifelike um costuming and masks that make you look exactly like the person you're trying to be i would put on a dennis rodman costume and get over there real quick wouldn't you need like bad blonde hair and a wedding dress and call it a day and also like two feet taller yeah of course just wear some some platform heels. <laughs> Dennis, why are you wearing ginger spice heels? Look, I'm going through a phase. Aren't you always going through a phase? Well, yeah. <laughs> Um, anyways, so why does this all matter? Let's get to that. As we alluded to a little bit earlier, visas can be very, very difficult to get. So while I was researching this a little bit, I looked into what is the visa process for a country like Russia? Because Russia is one of the big ones that when Americans go there, you got to get the visa. No exceptions whatsoever. You show up without a visa, you will be sent home on your own dime. There's no messing around. 
they don't care. Your embassy cannot come help you. You are on the next plane out of town. And I'm going to guess that you're probably going to have police escorts to make sure <laughs> you go back. Like, you're not just hanging out in the airport, you know, whoop de doo on your own. I'm going to guess that they're going to be like, no, no, we're going to be your buddies until you go home. <laughs> and we are not going to be happy about it. And you are never allowed back with or without the right things. Basically. Yeah. So let's say that you decide, I want to go to Russia. Well, here's the list of what you need. You need a valid passport, which costs money. You need a letter of invitation. Someone in Russia has to invite you. Granted, that can be like a hotel or a tour agency or something like that. But that letter, it ain't free. It costs money. You need an itinerary, which means you have to pre-book everything. You need your flights. You need your hotels. You need to have everything mapped up so they know where you are every day. But it would only have to be like transportation and lodging, right? They don't need to know that. Yeah, exactly. Today I'm going to this museum. Today I'm going to go to the park. It's (laughs) literally like, where are you at? staying and how are you yes, getting be- there exactly because they will issue you a visa for the exact dates that you put down and if you overstay by an hour you will be arrested like you do not overstay you are these are your dates period Ooh, okay um you also need to pre-fill out your visa application form you need to take passport photos which obviously costs more money and then once you have all of these things you need an appointment at a visa center, embassy, or consulate. In the United States, imagine how big the U.S. is. There are only visa passport or visa processing centers in D.C., Houston, New York, San Francisco, and Seattle. That's it. Those are where you are going to get your visa. So those are for like any visa that you're applying for? No, this is specifically for Russia. Specifically for Russia. Okay. Uh, Passport photos. Are you just saying if you're getting your passport for the first time? No, passport photos because there's a photo of you in the visa. Oh, so you'd have to get new photos done Mm -hmm. to go to Russia. Okay. And even though they only ever use one photo, you got to get four every time. I just had to get my visa renewed for Germany and uh, I'm still a little bitter that I had to take new photos. It was seven euros and I look haggard as fuck. (laughs) Easily the worst photo of my life. You mean that's not just your face? Uh, No, this was my face at 6am. So that's perfect when you're cranky on an airport, it's gonna match. (laughs) They won't question it so much. Yeah. Uh, the lady at the the visa office was like, you look very different in these pictures. I'm like, I know. My hair was brown when I got here. And she laughed. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, if you live in the US and you don't live in DC, Houston, New York, San Francisco, or Seattle. <laughs> you've got another trip to go. Yeah. And there are, there are some services that will let you do it by mail. But usually it takes over a month to process, which means your passport is out of your hands for over a month. That's a little scary. Yeah, exactly. And so you go to your appointment, you have to be interviewed, you have to be photographed again, you have to be fingerprinted, and they still reserve the right to not approve your visa. It's like, oh, you might get it, you might not, but oops, you've already booked everything. Oh, my heart. Mm Mm-hmm. Or now imagine you've traveled from minnesota to whichever center is closest to you almost none of them are close to you so it doesn't really matter and you forgot one piece of information at home hey oops 
I left out a page of the itinerary, or oops, my letter of invitation is back there. The opportunity for something to go wrong is very, very large. How far in advance would you have to actually apply? They suggest two to three months. And everything has to be booked before you apply. Uh Uh-huh. Yikes. Ouch. Mm -hmm. Now, the visa itself, beyond all of these other costs, depending on whether you need special paperwork or whatever, can be upwards of $200. So, and that's not including getting to and from the appointment, because if you're in Seattle, you're golden. You'll get there. It won't cost you too terribly much. You live in Florida. Well, now you're hiking it over to Houston to get it. Yikes. So with all of that in mind, now imagine that you live in Afghanistan, which is the lowest has the lowest mobility score of any passport. You have to go through this process if you want to go to any of 163 countries. Yikes. Yikes. And while I think Russia is fairly high in the cost of visas, I'm not really certain. I haven't looked too terribly deep into what other countries cost because that's a luxury afforded to me as a U.S. passport holder. Um, Think of how wealthy you would have to be to go on a trip to three different countries. Like you and I travel pretty easily like our last trip we hit four different countries and it was no big deal because we didn't need a visa for any of them yeah but now imagine you wanted to go on a trip from four to four different countries but you're from afghanistan imagine juggling that many visa processes at once and how expensive that would be would you have to interview for each visa or would they have one interview for all of them no it'd be one for each of them because they're all conducted by that country's consulates okay yeah oh my gosh And that assumes that you have those countries' consulates in your country because smaller countries are not going to have a consulate for every single nation on the planet. It wouldn't be cost-effective. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yikes. The ease with which someone in the top five power rankings can travel around the world is pretty much inconceivable for people on the lower half of the rankings because it just would be too challenging unless you are immensely wealthy and you don't have to work because you're going to have to take off time to go to these meetings for these interviews so yikes yeah that's nuts that's just mm-hmm. it's just you're something to think about like 30 countries easily mm-hmm. which that is a lot but that's still not not nearly as many as it could be. Yeah, so a thing that I see a lot online is Americans complaining about one of two visas. We're either always complaining about getting a visa for Russia or getting a visa for China. And people kind of bristle in the comments like, yeah, I mean, it sucks, but you know that the rest of the world has to do this, right? And some of them on a bigger scale than you would. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So I guess if you take something away from this episode, it's that when you find yourself complaining about what is a really shitty process, I don't think anybody disagrees. Nobody walks into the visa process like, oh yeah, I love this. I love taking time off of work to go meet at a consulate with someone who doesn't know me to interview me to make sure that I'm not going to stay in their country. Nobody loves that. It's like going to the DMV. Yeah, exactly. You wait in line forever for a five second photo that looks bad Mm -hmm. and you paid way too much for (laughs) It's just, it's a good thing to keep in the back of your mind that, yes, this sucks, but this is not something Americans have to deal with too terribly much. And it could be so, so much worse. And maybe get you thinking on how you can help better the world so that everybody could have the same privilege. How do we move in the right direction for, like, 
global unity yeah global hand-holding yeah well like i said i had my visa renewal appointment on monday and it was a very very frustrating experience the local city offices moved all foreigner services to another building without a waiting room and instead of waiting in a nice waiting room we lined up in the cold for two hours just to get a ticket with a like a you know like at a deli counter where you take the number just to get my number two hours outside in the cold and i was sitting there the whole time thinking oh this is the worst this is awful and i realized i deal with this once every three years i can power through just get through to your appointment yeah for sure i think it learning about all this helps put a lot of things into perspective yeah so it doesn't minimize the fact that it sucks it just no it like, could suck a lot worse exactly maybe suck a lot less here we are let's try and make this better together kumbaya no i'm nope. not gonna do that <laughs> nope <laughs> So, yeah, just some things to think about. Was that your tip of the week? No. Oh, I'm okay. surprised we got through that so quickly. I was kind of expecting this to be a much longer episode. It, it got a little a little sad. Yeah. It's, it's This is kind of a heavy topic because, again, it's the haves and have-nots, so. Mm-hmm. But the good news is, is that clearly progress has been made because the Schengen zone exists. You get a 90-day visa to enter Europe and you're just, you have unlimited access to Europe, well, the Schengen zone, for 90 days. That didn't used to exist. You used to have to go to every single country and get different visas if you were on the list of people who needed visas. Which I am very grateful for the Schengen zone and being able to, you know, hang out for 90 days max in the whole area and then call it a day. Have I been there for 90 days? Nope. Are you gonna be but, for 90 days? I don't know, I could, but that sounds a little <laughs> expensive. Yeah, and I found out during my um, work visa renewal appointment that I am 12 months away from being a permanent resident, which means I could come and go as I please with or without a job. Really? Mm-hmm. Huh, that's kind of cool. I would, I would need to be in the EU for something like six months out of the year, but still, like I could be anywhere in the EU, work at any company, well, that would hire me, and- Slim Pickens right there. In any of the EU nations, though. <laughs> I'm I'm still saying, they just don't want to hire you. <laughs> That's all. That's all my point. Anyways, go on. But yeah, I thought that was interesting. I was like, oh, sweet. So you guys are like, not going to kick me out or anything? And the lady goes, well, I mean, I don't have any control over that. But if you can make it 12 more months, you're good. <laughs> That's kind of cool, though. I don't know. I should have lived in Belgium, though. Because if you live in Belgium and you establish a company, after three years, you get citizenship. Uh, join us next week where we start our new podcast company in Belgium. <laughs> Get over here. No, seriously, I keep telling Mike that if for any reason we move out of country anywhere, I want to go to like the Nordic countries. <laughs> they don't give away their citizenship quite so fast. No, no, I'm going to earn their trust and their love. But I feel like that would be somewhere I wouldn't mind relocating to. Yeah, probably. I mean, I don't, I don't know which country out there and like the Nordics or the Scandinavians. It was all beautiful. It really all was. Great. Like, I don't know. They've got like the right idea for how life should be, I feel like. So 
I will I will earn their trust and their love and be one with them <laughs> if I can or have to. Uh, well, for a while, I was really, really looking for that EU citizenship, um, which is why I was shocked when I added an EU passport to my US passport. And they're like, you get three additional countries. It's like, oh, just three? But if you want citizenship quickly, the th- there's four options. And I'm just reciting this off the top of my head. So they're wrong. Fact check me. <laughs> Belgium, Belgium gives business owners citizenship after like three years. Ireland will let you in if you had Irish grandparents. Spain will let you in for ancestry really quickly. And if you happen to have a few hundred thousand euros laying around, Malta will let you buy citizenship you're literally buying a country's love basically they're like if you make a donation a sizable donation to us we'll let you in don't worry about it i mean it seems a little wrong but like also you're boosting the economy i guess depends on how they use what you're giving i don't know how i feel about that i think it was like five hundred thousand euros oh shit malta i can't afford that i mean it's malta it's a beautiful country it's not full of poor people No, because everybody donated to get in. (laughs) Not everybody. And on the flip side, after seeing that the UAE was the highest ranked power ranking passport, whatever, I looked into their citizenship because I was curious. And to get citizenship in the UAE, if you're a woman and you marry a citizen, you get it after a couple years. If you're a man and you marry a citizen, a female citizen, you don't get shit because citizenship is patrilineal in the UAE. You have to be related to a male citizen. So if you're a dude and you marry a woman from there, tough. If you want to naturalize- You still have to have your visa. Yeah, exactly. If you want to naturalize, you must get a job, apply for a work visa, commit no crimes, and live there for 30 years. And after that, they'll consider it. Oh, shit. So uh-huh. if this is a later in life move, you're never going to get naturalized. Exactly. Probably going to croak before they're like, oh, yeah, what about John? And be like, oh, he passed away last month. He was 90. Yeah. So no crimes, must have a job, must have an uninterrupted work history. So no getting Consistent laid off. Consistent employment. Yeah, exactly. No getting sick. You must continually be employed. Damn. I mean, I get it. They want, if you're going to be there, you need to be a protect- productive member of society. But like, damn. 30 years. 30 years before they consider. Consider. Mm-hmm. Yikes. Oh, and you must have three male citizens who will write you letters of reference. The butcher, the baker, the candlestick maker. <laughs> sure. I think <laughs> they might see through that if you only reference nursery rhyme characters, though. <laughs> <laughs> hey, these are real professions. They just came from uh, a nursery yes, rhyme, Yes, I too. would also, I also have a reference here from Jack of and the Beanstalk fame. Oh, oh don't forget Little Miss Muffet. Nope, she's female. Oh, shit. <laughs> I have to work on that. Uh, so yeah, now that we've gotten off topic, uh, tip of the week? Uh, yeah, my tip of the week is kind of something we already touched on. But if you are in possession of a high-ranking passport, just maybe be sensitive to the fact that others who hear you complaining about visa processes don't want to hear it. it yeah, it kind of sucks. It doesn't feel super great. And inversely, don't brag about how easy it is. Just kind of keep yeah. that in the back of your mind. Know that... It 
it isn't so easy for some others and um yeah try to be conscientious of that and polite i like it i like it before you give somebody crap for being a tourist in your area maybe stop and think about how much they had to do and pay to have that privilege of being there so be kind yeah exactly and the fact that they paid for a visa which they aren't cheap even the cheap ones aren't cheap it shows a commitment and an interest to experience what you have yep i like it be kind be thoughtful be grateful rewind oh yeah rewind too (laughs) this episode and listen to it again we just want to make sure it all really sinks in (laughs) yes yes well it's it's kind of an important one it's Again, a heavy topic, but it's important. We're all in this together. We're all in this together. What is that from? I have no idea. I just think you're crazy right now. Wait, I'm Googling. Oh, I have an update from the mother. Yes, they did go to Costa Rica. I just didn't remember. Too much alcohol, baby new year? Yeah. (laughs) Oh, hurry up and Google. Oh, I think it's a song from High School Musical. Okay, nope. Anyways, join us next week for more travel topics, more adventure nonsense, more random singing from Sarah. It is a song from- It's an adventure. So reference a movie that you've never seen before. Oh, that's my favorite. Do that a lot. (laughs) Anyways, we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Hey everyone, thanks again for listening to another episode of Seattle to Unknown. Don't forget to tell your friends about us and subscribe so you never miss a thing. You can also find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Pinterest under C2Unknown. That's S-E-A-T-O Unknown. Or you can check us out on our website, www.c2unknown.com. Want to know what we do on our off time? You can find both Sarah and I on Twitter and Instagram. Sarah is at S-A-R underscore S, and I'm at Hooligan Monster on both. We would also love to hear from you. Send us an email with your stories and travel tips to c2unknown at gmail.com. Until then, it's an adventure. Bye!